Hello, friends. Welcome to Revelation Wednesday. It's uh, We're in chapter 10 today. Really important chapter. There's a lot of significance and meaning to this. It's short, but we're going to cover it in great detail. I read all the footnotes on it. It's really good stuff here. So I'm hoping to cover this in a good way for you. This is only, I think, 10 verses. 11 verses and so uh, it won't go long long but there's some good stuff here and so let me just jump in it's the angel and the little scroll then i saw another mighty angel coming down from heaven he was robed in a cloud and with a rainbow above his head isn't it beautiful he's robed in a cloud and a rainbow above his head just the visuals just close your eyes and see the visuals he's, he's a cloud a cloud is covering him as his robe and he's robed in a cloud isn't that cool think about that a cloud is his is his garment and a rainbow is above his head just beautiful picture the, the 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 just the beauty of it his face was like the sun and his legs were like fiery pillars jesus's face when john saw uh, jesus in chapter one his face was shine like the sun as well so there's great glory on this on this gigantic angel and his legs were like fiery pillars we when you go back to um uh, Isaiah 9, when um, Isaiah and Ezekiel, when they saw God sitting on the throne, it says he was a fire from his waist up and from his waist down. So this, again, this guy obviously has a lot of God's power. He's a powerful, powerful angel. He was holding a little scroll which lay open in his hand. He planted his right foot on the sea and his left foot on the land. Now that represents the dominion over the whole world. And when you, the land and the sea represents the whole earth. We know that when you go into the chapter 13, that chapter, make sure it's chapter 13. I want to give you bad information here. Yeah, chapter 13, the Antichrist comes out of the sea, the beast, the, the false prophet comes out of the earth, which represents their dominion over, over the earth. So the land and the sea together represent the whole earth, the whole ball, the big blue marble. It's land and sea. So this angel has dominion over the land and the sea powerful powerful angel and he gave a loud shout like the roar of a lion when he shouted the voices of the seven thunders spoke and when the seven thunders spoke i was about to write but i heard a voice from heaven say seal up what the seven thunders have said and do not write it down so the angel gives a loud shout like the roar of a lion and and when he shouted i love this the voices of the seven thunders so there's seven thunders, whatever they are, we don't know, but the, they have a voice. They speak in a human voice that you can understand with your human ears because John understood. He was about to write down what they said. He said, when he shouted, the voices of the thunder, seven thunders spoke. And when the seven thunders spoke, I was about to write. So John, who's recording this book as he's living it, he's having this open vision recording it as he's having this vision. It's amazing the process of this book because uh, he's actually living through the vision and writing it down as he's going through it that's very unusual most of the time with the rest of the scriptures the holy spirit would share it with somebody but it wasn't done in vision form it was just the holy spirit's inspiration in a person's heart that he led it and led into the truth so john's revelation and revelation is amazing so and when the seven thunders spoke i was about to write but i heard a voice from heaven said seal up what the seven thunders have said and do not write down there are some mysteries that are not meant to be revealed daniel was told the same thing seal up seal up the books daniel because daniel wanted to know the whole mystery daniel wanted to understand everything and he died you know i'm not saying that he died right then but when he you know when he wanted to know and god said no he says at the end you'll receive your proper reward and he said but right now these are mysteries that don't need to be seen i think when god does that i think the main purpose is it 
like if what the seven thunders had said may have given away too much information it would have it would have it would have just been too much to know or or something that would could could was hard to understand but i've always assumed when when god seals up something it's it gives such fine detail it's something he doesn't want to reveal yet because it it would mess up his plan in some way. I feel like the seven thunders, same way. It may have given uh, certain particulars about the, the what was coming in the book of Revelation that that would have put too many puzzle pieces together and taken the mystery out of it. That's just this is just supposition on my part. But there's a reason, like with Daniel and here, that God there's certain things that God wants to maintain as a mystery till the end. We don't know why, and when when we get up there. I'm going to ask him one of my first questions. I don't know why, but I've always been curious. You know, um, Lord, what did the seven thunders say? I don't know about you, but I'd like to know what they said. And I'm going to ask, Lord, what did the seven thunders say? You know, can you please tell me now that I'm in eternity? There's no harm. You know, can't do any harm. <laughs> so I love that. You know, but again, the way John's receiving this and living it out, and he, again, he's here's the seven thunders he's about to write down. So he had a he had a scroll or however whatever he wrote on parchment or whatever. He had the whole thing. He was I don't know. He's carrying it in the vision how it worked, but he was recording this as he was living it out. Just amazing, 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 amazing. Let's continue on here. Then the angel, I, the angel I had seen standing on the sea and the land, raised his right hand to heaven. And he swore by him who lives forever and ever, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, who lives forever and ever, who created the heavens and all that is in them, the earth and has all that is in it, and the sea that's all that's in it. God created everything, in other words, and said, there will be no more delay. So there's no more delay. Everything's going to fall into place. It's, you know, because, and Peter you know, where is this, where is this coming? You know, these scoffers are scoffing and Peter's recording. He said, they, he said what they said was, hey, where's this coming? That, you know, this coming, the Messiah coming back. Where's this coming that he promised? Things just go on and on and on. I'm paraphrasing, but things just go on and on and on and on and on. Just like they've always. And then Peter says, hey, God isn't slack in keeping his promises, but he, he wants everyone to be saved. He wants men to be saved. So he's, he slows things down to try and get more people in the kingdom. And so, but this angel is announcing, hey man, it's just about over. And he swore by him a list forever and ever created the heavens and earth and the hell and sea that's all in it and said, there will be no better delay. But in the days when the seventh angel is about to sound his trumpet, the mystery of God will be accomplished just as he announced to his servants, the prophets. Let me explain that part. But in the days when the seventh angel is about to sound his trumpet, the mystery of God will be accomplished just as he announced to his servants, the prophets. The last time I was listening to the book of Revelation. I need to get back to that. I haven't been doing it lately. I've been tired at night. The set, they had the, they had the seven seals that Jesus broke. Then you had the seven trumpet judgments, and then you have the seven bowl judgments to come. Well, the first six are broken. I mean, the first six trumpets are, are, are sounded. And then there's this delay on this last trumpet. Well, this last trumpet is held in reserve to the very end. This last trumpet is blown. And we know this, and when I get to it in here, I'm going to explain it better. But the last trump, trumpet is blown at the end of the Armageddon battle when God says it is finished. And then the final earthquake comes and the hailstones come and all of that comes. And you read where the seventh trumpet is finally blown. All those things happen. So God holds the seventh trumpet is not given in chronological order. The seventh trumpet is held in reserve till the very end of the book of Revelation. And when we get to it, I can't wait. Uh, let's see. I can't wait to. Uh, uh, it's, in fact, it's the next chapter. So next week, chapter 11, we're going to see when the seventh angel sounds trumpet. And I'm going to point out. Um, 
I'm going to point out uh, everything in verse 19 and verse 11. If you want to know, it's verse it's chapter 11, verse 19, giving you a clue. If you want to go look it up yourself, there you go. That's what happens. And that's the end of the book. That's the end of Revelation right there. So, but again, we go another 10 chapters, but it's out of, not all of Revelation is in chronological order. So anyway, uh, let's continue on. When the seventh angel is about to sound his trumpet, the mystery of God will be accomplished just as he announces there. The mystery of God is everything's going to be finished. All this, all these mysteries and all the secrets and all the hidden things that God has hidden from men for whatever reason is all going to be revealed. His plan is going to, Christ is going to return. He's going to rule and reign. All darkness is going to be dealt with. Satan is going to be dealt with. The Antichrist false prophet is going to be dealt with. The mystery of God will be accomplished. And just as he announced this, sir, everything that God says will, will come is coming. Everything that God says is going to happen is going to happen. And when the seventh angel sounds his trumpet, the mystery of God is accomplished just as he announced to his servants, the prophets. When that seventh trumpet is blown, that's it. God's everything is revealed. The mystery of God is revealed and the, it's all there in the open Christ, the millennial reign, all of it. And all the judgments, it's all done. Everything is finished. It even says at the end of the book of Revelation, when those things happen after the trumpet, said a voice came out of the, the, the temple that said, it is done. And that's when all hell breaks loose and all the final judgments come and all that stuff. So this angel is revealing, hey, God's mystery. Has, and he sent such a powerful angel as a representative of God himself on the earth, one foot on the land, one on the sea. A powerful, you know, a face like Jesus' face, shining like the sun, his legs like fiery pillars, like Jesus. Very much picture of Jesus. Not Jesus, though, but I mean the, the power. And this angel is saying, look, it's coming. It's coming. The mystery is going to be revealed. Man, whew, that's a good day for us. Bad day for the world, bad day for the lost, good day for us. So when the angel, um, let's continue on. Um, the voice that I heard from heaven spoke to me once more. Go and take the scroll that lies open. The hand of the angel was standing on the sea and on the land. So the angel, the angel with his big giant hand. I got my book. The, uh, the, I had a book that had the revelation picture for me. You see this angel's giant hand and just this little teeny tiny scroll. And <laughs> John's going up to him in this, this book. is so cool. John's like scared of the hand because the hand's like 10 times the size of John. And he grabs a little scroll. So he takes the little scroll. And he said to me, take it and eat it. It will turn your stomach sour, but in your mouth it will be as sweet as honey. I took the little scroll from the angel's hand and ate it. It tasted as sweet as honey in my mouth, but when I had eaten it, my stomach turned sour. When I, then I was told, you must prophesy again about many peoples, nations, languages, and kings. This, I believe the scroll represents two things, and they told one down here, but I believe it's an additional thing. I think, first of all, the scroll represents what sin is like. When people do sin, you know, when they're sinning, it tastes delicious. Like it says, um... Uh, gossip is like a tasty thing in your mouth. Sin, when you're actually enjoying the sin, you're partying, you're doing it. While you're sinning, you're having a good time. It tastes sweet. But then once once all the guilt sets in and the darkness and the sorrow and the shame and the consequences of the sin, then it becomes bitter. So I think the scroll represents sin, but it also represents to us all of these words for you and me that know Christ. 
All of these words are sweetness to us. This is a sweet, this is a sweet aroma to us. This is delicious to us because we win and because we see God's justice coming. At the end, all of the, all the debts are going to be paid. All the darkness is going to be paid back. All of the, all of the debts are going to be settled and justice will reign and Christ will prevail and the Father and the, and the Son, the Holy Spirit will all prevail. So we see that as a beautiful, sweet thing. It's a wonderful thing that God is going to win over the devil eventually. But for the world, it's bitter. For what the world is going to go through in the judgment, in the, in the, in the loss, and all of the death and the destruction and eternity in a lake of fire, it's bitter. Bitter, bitter, bitter. And they enjoyed that sweetness. Like I said, that sin, they enjoyed it. It was sweet in their mouth. But now with Christ reigning and Christ ruling and Christ judging at the great white throne judgment, all of that sweetness is going to turn to bitterness in their stomachs. It's going to make their stomachs sour. They're going to realize how short-sighted they were, how they threw eternity away. You think about the lost, man. They throw an eternity forever and ever and ever, world without end, no end in sight. A billion times, a billion times, a billion times, a trillion times, a quadrillion times, a million times, a bit, and it goes on and on and on and on and on forever. They traded all of that timelessness for an eternity in a lake of fire, an eternity paying for their own sin, which can never be paid for except in Christ. I mean, even the Antichrist, he's going to get three and a half to seven years of mirth on the earth. Mirth on the earth. I, you know, mirth is like joy and partying and all that. He's going to have seven years of mirth on the earth, and then he's going to be thrown alive with the false prophet into a lake of burning sulfur forever. And then J- Satan, a thousand years later, is going to join them too in that same lake of burning sulfur, and they're going to be tormented day and night forever and ever. For a la- And for Satan, he's, you know, we don't know how many thousands of years ago or how many millions or however long ago the rebellion was in heaven. We don't know. There's no time set on it. But for that rebellion that he did and took a third of the angels with him, compared to eternity, it's a very, very short time he's had to rule and reign over this earth. You know, I mean, the earth and, you know, if we go chronologically back to Adam, Adam and Eve, it's 5,000 and some odd years, five to 6,000 years, you know, and we don't know how long before that, but to exchange and he tur- I mean, he's the guardian of God's throne. Ezekiel 28, he was the guardian cherub. He was, the th- he was one of the three archangels. Right there close to God all the time. And somehow came into his mind to, hey, I can be a better God than God. I have no idea how he did it. There's speculation, but we're not getting into that today. But he corrupted his own ways, corrupted a third of the angels. And now they're all going to spend eternity Away from God, away from a beautiful God, away from a God who loved them perfectly, who still loves them. God's love is perfect. He loves all of his creation, even the bad ones. He has to punish them because of his just nature, because he's holy. But he still loves those that are lost. What a terrible exchange. You exchange this life, you exchange the crap of this life for your eternal life. You want this life so bad that you just... You let go of your eternal beauty with God for darkness, fire, and terror forever. That's enough of that. Let's let's finish out here. Uh, then I was told you must prophesy again about many peoples, nations, languages, and kings. So he's letting John know, okay, I'm revealing all this to you. And the mystery's coming. Everything's going to be revealed. But there's still more to come. And again, another, there's another 10 or 11 chapters here. So John was just, at, this was about the medium point of the book right here. So the angel is saying, hey, your job's not done yet, John. We got more to cover. And so, that's it, chapter, like I said, I'm only 15 minutes in, some uh, diatribe in there, 
But man, God, God's way is going to prevail. When you when you see that giant angel ruling, you know, over you know over this land and the sea, look at the power of God in that one angel. And he's got myriads of angels that 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 go ahead of us, prepare good works for us to do, that guard us, that take care of us, that look out for us, that look into our lives. Then the power that we have in God, the, the awesome raw power in God makes the devil and all of that and the world and all that look like nothing. Man, trust God, trust his power, trust his love, trust his mercy and compassion towards you to get you through whatever. Because stuff's coming. And, we, and the mystery of God is going to be revealed. And it's going to be a bumpy road between now and then. We don't know how long we're going to be on the earth. We don't know when the church is out of here. And it doesn't really matter. We're supposed to occupy until he returns. We're supposed to stay dressed and ready for service. Are you dressed and ready for service? Are you a wise virgin? Are you listening for the Spirit's voice leading you into all truth? Showing you what the next step for you personally in this walk with God is. You personally in this war between God and the devil. What your place you know, what kind of armor you're supposed to wear? What particular mission God has for you? Are you asking God, God, what do you, what, where, where do I fit here? How do I fulfill my role in your army, in your, in, 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 as you lead and guide me into all truth and righteousness? What's my part in your army? Because we're all part of God's army. We're all going to return with him victorious when Christ comes back. All the righteous dead and those that are caught up to God are going to return with him. We're going to be, all be riding right horses, riding with Jesus on his white horse. We're part of his army. We're part of the, of the army of the Lord. We each have a part to play. So ask God, you know, Lord, I know that your mystery of your will is coming. Your mystery is going to be revealed. What part am I in that mystery? Isn't that cool? Ask God, what's my part in your mystery? That mystery that's coming, I'm going to say, I'm going to read it again. The mystery of God's will. The mystery of God will be accomplished just as he announced his earth. Lord, the mystery, your mystery, God, the mystery of God, what the mystery, your mystery, God, what is my part in it? Because you've got a part to play that only you can play in the mystery of God. Think about how cool that is. You have a part to play in the mystery of God. Isn't that cool? The mystery of God. God is, there's a mystery, but it's all going to be revealed. And you have a part to play in its revelation. You have a part to play as God brings it forth. You have a role. God has a design. God designed a role for you in his mystery. Isn't that cool to think about that? In the mystery of God, there's a role for you. There's a role for me. And it's individual. Your role and my role will be totally different. This is the kingdom of individuals. Amen. Love you, love you, King. And I hope I gave you some hope at the end there. Ask God, what's my place in your mystery, God? Isn't that cool? Again, read it again. I love that. But the mystery, but in the days when the seventh angel is about to sound his trumpet, the mystery of God will be accomplished just as he announced the servant's problem. So ask God again, God, what is my part in your mystery? Isn't it cool? God has a mystery. It's all of this stuff happening around us. And when Jesus returns, that mystery is going to be revealed. All the puzzle pieces are going to fall into place. And we're all going to be blessed to have been a part of that mystery, to have been in his army. We're going to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. You were, you served your part in, God, in my father's mystery. Jesus is going to tell you, you served your part in my father's mystery. Isn't that, isn't that cool? Think about that. How can you not be excited? I'm excited. I'm insane, but I'm excited too. Love you, love you. Can't get enough of you. Hope you got encouraged today. Yeah. <laughs>